This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. This is the Fox News Rundown Extra. I'm Chris Foster. There are slow news times, there are busy news times, and there are weird news times, like when a Speaker of the House is removed for the first time, and the former president, by far leading the race for his party's nomination again, is sitting at a defense table in court, with more trials to come in the middle of the campaign. Fox News Sunday host Shannon Breams had a lot to talk about on her show and with us as a regular guest on The Rundown. We let our last conversation go on longer than usual, too long to get it all into the weekday morning podcast and radio show. So here's the whole thing, starting with talk about the Biden administration speeding up a stretch of border wall construction. Thanks for listening. Thanks again for subscribing if you do. Now Shannon Bream on the Fox News Rundown Extra. So the Biden administration, uh, we have found out, is waiving these 26 federal laws to fast-track a section of border wall. Does that read as some sort of admission to you? I mean, when you have the numbers that they have, and our sources tell us, obviously the numbers coming from CBP for September are the largest, biggest in history. This is something where you're now regularly having Democrats publicly complain and call out the administration and the White House. I don't know that they had any other choice. I mean, honestly, I think it was just everything had come together in this perfect storm for them that they knew they had to do something. Yeah. What do critics of the Biden administration, Republican and Democrat, and there's been a steady growing drumbeat, what do they say specifically isn't being done or 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 is being done that shouldn't be done? I think they look at a lot of the executive action that President Trump had taken, things that were repealed when um, President Biden took over. And there was discussion at the time in the months after the transition there that there were transition team members that said to the Biden administration, if you do X, Y, and Z, you repeal these certain things, this is what's going to happen. The members of those transition conversations will say they warned the administration this is exactly what was going to happen. So I think a lot of it was the Title 42, the executive action, the remain in Mexico, all of those things that they had um, in many ways, members of the Biden administration said were inhumane and unfair. Um, but, but I think a lot of people would argue, and you do have them doing this on both sides of the aisle, that what you've now wound up with is something that is equally inhumane and dangerous with cartels and human smuggling, uh, trafficking. Uh, it's just, um, you know, there are those who who say they told the Biden administration plainly it would come to this. And mainly it was about getting rid of those executive actions. Yeah. Uh, New York City Mayor Eric Adams, who happens to be a Democrat, um, the city's been, I don't know, crushed, I guess, with 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 these with with migrants. Um, over the last year or so, he's on a trip to Mexico, Ecuador, Colombia. He's telling migrants, he's going on the radio, he's doing TV appearances. Um, he's gone down there himself to say, look, to tell people you're being lied to about how easy this is, mm -hmm. um, how, how easy you're going to have it with jobs and housing or whatever, which is what they're being told, which is why they're coming. Mm hmm. Well, and the thing is, you've had many cities and states that have acted as sanctuary cities. They've self-labeled and passed policies to that end. So it's difficult, I think, for a lot of Americans to look at leaders of those locations now saying, don't come here. 
when they will argue you guys set the magnets in place. And of course, people who are in dire situations and want better for their children and for their own lives, if they get a glimmer of hope that they can get that in some of these states or counties or cities or wherever that have self-labeled as sanctuary, who among us as human beings can blame them for attempting to make those trips and to make those asylum claims and, and do those things that they believed would lead them to another opportunity. So I think it's it's very interesting to now see some of these jurisdictions realize the weight of how difficult it is, the reality of you know schools and hospitals and public functions that are straining because um, you know like Mayor Adams will say, you know there's no limit to our compassion, but there is a limit to our resources, and that reality is coming home for a lot of those locations. Yeah, New York City also has this right to shelter. Right. Uh, law, which I, they're, they're, they're talking about tweaking that somehow now. I mean, it sounds terrific in theory, but how much shelter do you have? Mm-hmm. I mean, it, their resources are not, they're finite. I mean, anywhere that you go. And there have been a lot of complaints that, you know, pointing fingers at some of these southern state um border state governors like Governor Abbott, who was in New York last week talking about this. And he said, you know, we get a lot of blame, but maybe we're we Texas accounts for 10% of people who are actually we took some action to get them here. But he said, you got to remember the vast majority that people won't talk about it. But you do hear some Democrats talking about it, that it's the Biden administration that is busing, planning, training people to these locations that now feel overwhelmed. So take your complaints to the White House. And I think because of that, as we started out talking about, that's why the White House is now having to say, okay, maybe we're going to do some of the things that we completely criticized as terrible and inhumane during the Trump administration. And now we've got to take those same steps because we understand just how bad things are. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Shannon, last week we both sort of predicted a government shutdown. Didn't happen. Um, As of Tuesday morning, I very strongly figured Kevin McCarthy's going to ride this wave and he'll be sticking around as House Speaker. Around about the time uh, midday, Democrats said, you know what, you're on your own. Then it was, oh, I guess he's not going to be House Speaker anymore. <laughs> right. are, are you surprised that Democrats didn't save him? Well, all I'm going to say is I should not be running a psychic hotline because I did think there was going to be a government shutdown. I didn't see a way that they would thread this needle, but it leads to that domino effect of, OK, yeah, McCarthy had to work with Democrats to get this thing passed. He really doesn't get credit from a lot of quarters for keeping the government open. I mean, he will for technically doing that. But you had this small faction that said, if you're passing things with majority Democrat help, we consider that essentially you failing as speaker and we're not going to support you. So, you know, one, once, um, you know, Democrat leader uh, Hakeem Jeffries said, my caucus is going to vote not to save you. We knew it was over then. But you know, was he going to be able to cut some kind of deal with Democrats that would have only angered the Matt Gateses of the world even more who, you know, he vowed to keep calling this motion to vacate until he got rid of him. So unlike the 15 times it took Speaker McCarthy to become Speaker, it was only one round of votes that kicked him out. If the answer is, with such a slim Republican majority in the House and a minority in the Senate, and obviously you don't have the White House, what's 
if you're not allowed to work with Democrats, mm -hmm. says Matt Gates, on anything, so the the answer then is literally no bills get passed. If 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 it's unacceptable to ever compromise or or reach out to the other side of the aisle. Yeah, or you can only pass things that have every single Republican member on board, and that's. But even then, it's gonna not going to pass. Even then, it's not going to pass in the Senate. It's not going to get to the right. White House. It's not going to. Yeah, exactly. So it's a lot of gridlock, which, you know, I think a lot of times we find that going into big election years anyway, because neither side wants to give the other a victory when you've got divided government because they don't want to help the potential candidate leading that, uh, you know, opposing party. So, you know, I guess you can just sort of sit back and relax for the next year. <laughs> I don't see a whole lot of legislation getting right. done on the Hill. Not anything important. Yes, they're going to name a post, post office. Yeah, we we both said post office at the same time. Yes, they'll do things for veterans. They will do things for post offices, like the bare minimum that they can all agree on. But they're really not going to do anything substantive, like forget even a discussion of immigration reform and policy reform, which is one of the biggest issues facing this country. They will not get it done. I don't even think anything will go to committee or they'll have a conversation because neither side is going to give the other a win on that. And it's disastrous and unfair to the people of this country and to the people risking their lives coming here. But, you know, I, I think that's a good question for everybody who's running for president. How in the world would you navigate this and actually get things done for the American people? So do we predict once again that there will be a government shutdown uh, oh when this continuing resolution runs out? Um, uh, Since I was yeah, terribly wrong on the last one, <laughs> um, I think a lot of it will come down to the speaker's race next week. Um, I think once the House GOP figures that out, we'll have a better sense. But then you're into 30 something days left to get 12 appropriations bills passed. House will say we've gotten four done. The Senate should take those up. And maybe they can. I mean, obviously, they have to go to conference to get things hammered out. And that is going to be really difficult. But if everybody says, um, you know, hey, we're going to be the grownups in the room and get this thing done. Otherwise, I'm more familiar with us doing these continuing resolutions that end up around Christmas and New Year's that kind of blow up everybody's holidays. Um, so we'll see if they are able to do this with 45 days, which, you know, a chunk of that's already gone. What's to stop this um, motion to vacate? And, and having a new speaker election from happening again and again and again with that, again, with that slim Republican majority and how easy it is to vote to remove just one member can call the vote. How does the, does the next speaker just have to count on cooler heads prevailing and Matt Gates, uh, well, and, and those people got their, got their scalp. And so, the, and so now we can move on. Mm -hmm. Well, but, I mean, there's a real conversation about <laughs> the new speaker, maybe one of the first orders of business is to get rid of that role. And I, I'm not going to lie. I would need to call Chad Pergram, our, our Hill expert right now, and or maybe you know, as to how they exactly undo that rule, because that was a deal McCarthy made to get the votes he needed. Right. So can the next speaker say, just by the way, I'm getting rid of this if you vote for me? Um, that I, I don't do know, know if Scalise or Jordan would know. You, you tell I, me. I don't know. Um, Jim Jordan, um, who is one of the people mm -hmm. running for speaker, we know he said um, – He's basically out of it. If Republicans band together and say we want to keep the rule, get rid of the rule, that's going to be the majority rule, and he's not going to put his thumb on the scale. Um, mm -hmm. A sidebar to all of this, uh, former Speaker Nancy Pelosi's office is apparently now oh, being boy. taken away. Do you know the backstory there? Well, I mean, what what the chatter is from some Republicans is that was um, that and Steny Hoyer's office, also, you know, Democrat leadership being taken away from them in retaliation for them removing Kevin as speaker. So 
you know, the the people who felt like that was a bad move and that Kevin should have been saved by some of his colleagues on the other side of the aisle, sort of a more gentlemanly, gentlewomanly agreement right. from Democrats. Um, and, and Pelosi, just a, this and, is the payback for that. Right. And this isn't like a regular office. Pelosi, like, no, th- these, these are, are like special. sort of hidden special. Yeah, like, and the, so they're yeah. they're right off the uh, the floor there. So that they listen, they all have the offices. They're back in the main buildings, which are sort of a block off of the Capitol. But for the you know leadership folks, they have uh, an office that's right there, um, close to the floor, so that they're not traipsing back and forth. They can have little meetings there, have their own space there. It's very coveted and very rare to have those. So. You know, I think even for people who felt like, all right, this is, you know, a, a slap back at the Democrats to sort of punish them for not saving Kevin McCarthy. Um, you know, the fact that it came when Nancy Pelosi was out in California dealing with the funeral things for Senator Dianne Feinstein, you know, it felt a little um, a little bit too snarky to some people, you know, give it a couple of days. But, you know, the tensions are very heated up there on the Hill right now. And, you know, that's the inside explanation we have is it's payback for the speaker vote. Uh, former President Trump's business fraud trial is wrapping up its first week in New York City. You're a lawyer. I have a couple of questions. Maybe you can help with. Maybe you can't. Um, num- <laughs> okay. Number one, number one, Trump has complained. It's not fair. I don't get a jury trial. It's uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's whatever. His attorneys say that Attorney General Tish James, New York Attorney General, um, is using this obscure statute to get around a jury trial, and that also the penalties she wants are too harsh. Sort of known as the, it's known as the corporate death penalties, the nickname. Now there are other lawyers saying. All they had to do was check a box asking for a jury trial. Um, and this was either a conscious decision to let the judge to take, their, you know, to try their luck with the judge or it was a colossal screw up. Do you know the answer? Well, yeah. I mean, his team says that's absolutely not true. And what they're pointing to is the way that these um, the statutory language and the way that they that the charges were filed. And this is a state by state thing. I mean, in some states you get a jury trial, you don't get a jury trial or you have the selection. What? You know, what the folks are saying there and what Trump's legal team has said is that under this particular charge and statute, the way that it was brought, they didn't have an option, that this is one of those rare statutes that the case actually just goes to a judge. And there are things like that in various state laws. I, I My license is in Florida. It's not in New York. So I don't know. But I can believe that explanation that there are some statutory things that when you move forward with them, there's not an option for a jury trial. And they're arguing that's the case in this particular filing. And they say that's why the AG there chose this particular route for charges. Okay. Number two, uh, the judge already ruled, it, to my mind, the entire case, ruled that the Trump organization <laughs> engaged in persistent fraud. That this, this trial is about other matters and most importantly about the penalty. Why is this lasting into December is to, to protect against appeal? Well, um, that possible, but but that pretrial determination w- felt to me very evidentiary in nature, like deciding exactly how we're going to move forward on um, the basic thrust of this, what can come in. And and remember, too, um, President Trump was really happy the first day or two because he he felt like he was happy with the judge for a number of things that got excluded based on the statute of limitations that won't be part of this trial, which we thought would cut down on the time for the trial. But it doesn't seem like I mean, this is a very involved. And remember when you have financial documents and records and forensics on all of that, they're going to want to put on a very thorough case for that. So, um, you know, the, the president is sometimes happy with this judge, mostly not happy with the judge, mostly going after him. Um, that's what stands out to me of, uh, about what we've done so far in in covering this is that um, the former president pulls no punches when he wants to go after people who, and in this case, it's a judge who has his fate in his hands. I mean, the entire case, the sentencing, all of it, 
I don't know that I'd be publicly beating him up so much. I, I, it doesn't help you as a defendant. Yeah, I mean, hopefully a judge, not that he's not human, but hopefully a judge would be able to put blinders on with all that stuff. But he certainly didn't put blinders on and said, look, you know, maybe you can say what you want about me, but my staff is um, my staff is off limits. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, and after, I mean, after Trump attacked this um, this this law clerk. Right. And and you just have to remember at the end of the day, yes, you may have some things on appeal. It, listen, if this doesn't go well, just like for any defendant, you're going to appeal if you lose. Um, and those things takes take time. And you may feel good about what may happen for you at the next level, but you got to deal with where you are right now and angering the person who holds your fate in his hands. I got to think that's a little frustrating for the Trump defense team on this particular case. Uh, finally, the Supreme Court term started this week. Anything jump out at you on the calendar? Yeah, I mean, you've got this gun case um, that, gosh, you know, after the decision with the New York gun law in previous term, um, now you've got this case that's coming before them about whether or not state laws that bar domestic violence, um, you know, people convicted of that, whether they can be barred from having a gun, where you draw the line and who can and can't have a gun. There have been so many questions bubbling since that New York decision, um, the Supreme Court decision involving the New York law. And this is just one of them. Um, I think that, uh, gosh, we have election law disputes. We've got the social media laws out of Florida and Texas. Can states force social media um, to leave alone certain posts? Um, it, gosh, there are just so many. Um, the term is just getting started, but I think it will be another good, very interesting one. Yeah, I'm sure we'll get into those cases um, as, they, as they come along in more depth. Shannon Bream. Uh, Fox News Sunday host. Thanks. Have a good one. You've been listening to the Fox News Rundown. And now stay up to date by subscribing to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. Listen ad-free on Fox News Podcasts Plus on Apple Podcasts. And Prime members can listen to the show ad-free on Amazon Music. And for up-to-the-minute news, go to foxnews.com. I'm Guy Benson. Join me weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern as we break down the biggest stories of the day with some of the biggest newsmakers and guests. Listen live on the Fox News app or get the free podcast at GuyBensonShow.com. Hey, it's Clay Travis. Join me for Outkick the Show as we dive deep into a mix of topics. New episodes available Monday to Friday on your favorite podcast platform and watch directly on Outkick.com forward slash watch.